All right, let's read. Exodus chapter 15, we're going to read in verse 22. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22. The Bible says, so Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out in the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. And when they came to Mar, they could not drink of the water of Mar, for it was bitter. For the name of it was called Mar. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, what shall we drink? And he cried unto the Lord. Listen, when you get in desperate times, you need to cry unto the Lord. And the Lord showed him a tree, which when he cast it in the waters, the waters were made sweet. There he made for them a statute and ordinance, and he proved them, and said, if we would diligently hearken to the voice of the Lord thy God, and will do which is right in his sight, will give ear to his commandments, and keep all his statutes, I will put none of these diseases upon you, which I brought upon the Egyptians, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. How many of y'all need healing? Verse 27, and they came to Elam, and there were 12 wells of water, threescore and 10 palm trees, and they encamped there by the waters. Would y'all pray with me and for me this morning? Father, we need you. We can do nothing without you. God, you know who is in this building. You know who's here right now, what word they need to hear. I thank you for the word you've put in my heart. God, would you uh, let the meditation of my heart and my mind be pleasant to you. Let everything that comes out just be what you want to say. Just want to be your vessel. Speak to us, God. Speak to our heart. Speak to our mind. Let your spirit move in this place. Some people need to be delivered. Some people are walking in the wilderness and they're in the bitter water, but we're thankful you can take the bitter and make it sweet. We thank you you can take the old things and make everything new. We're thankful, God, that you can forgive sins and you can wash away our past. We're thankful you can bring dead things to life. And so we just pray right here in this hour, let us see you high and lifted up. Let us see you as a sovereign, almighty God who loves us and cares for us and that there's nothing you cannot do. That the place that we're in right now may be a wilderness, God, but right in the wilderness, you can bring us some sweet water. And I pray that you'd help us today, God. We need you. Encourage your people. Help every one of us. Help someone to trust Jesus and be brought from darkness to light. We ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thank y'all for standing in the presence of the Lord this morning. So in this few verses that we read, the Bible talks a lot about water. You got to pay attention to water in the Bible. Every time God mentions water in the Bible, it's a picture of separation. In other words, every time water's mentioned, something big's about to happen. Right in the very beginning, the Bible starts off, says, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning, there was God. Okay? In the beginning, there was God, and he said the Spirit moved amongst the waters. See, there was nothing, but when the Spirit moved against the waters, all of a sudden, he's about to speak, and there's going to be something. You look at Jesus and he walks on this earth. There was water. His first miracle, he took water. He turned it into wine. You see, it seemed like nothing, but then he made it something. There was a separation. You think about Jesus on the cross. When he died on the cross, it said he shed blood and water because that water was going to take death and he was going to make it life. You see, that, that water was going to turn Friday into Sunday morning. You need to hear what I'm preaching to you this morning. Some of you don't realize whatever situation you're in, there's a God who right now can change your bitter water and he can make it sweet. Right here in this moment in the text, we read about a people who went from big water, they went from the Red Sea, then they go to barren water, there was no water, then they went to bitter water, and then they went to better water. Right here in this text, God's mentioning about water, this separation, that even in science, water is the only molecule that can, can actually separate things. It's the universal solvent 
because it's got polarity on both sides. You see, it separates. That's the way God had designed this thing. And God wants to separate some things this morning in your life and help you realize that he is the one who can help you in your bitter waters. He is the one who can help you in your wilderness. Boy, ain't it good if God's about to do something? See, you, you got to know the context of the story. Right here, the children of Israel had been in bondage of Pharaoh and in Egypt, working in the brick pits as slaves for over 400 years, and they've cried to the Lord, and they prayed and said, God, you deliver us over 400 years, and now God had, had delivered them with the Passover lamb, and they're going across the Red Sea, and they part, God parts the Red Sea, and they walk on dry ground. Y'all know the story. And as they walk on dry ground, all of a sudden the enemies, the, the chariots of the enemies, all those demons that were following them were washed up in the sea to always be forgotten. And so we come to this text right here, and this is right where Miriam gets her tambourine and she starts playing a song and she starts dancing before the Lord. Well, she had something to dance about. She was excited. <laughs> Can I tell you it's okay to get excited about what God's done for you? Especially when he's delivered you especially when he's taken your enemy that was on your back and he's washed it as far as it is from the east is from the west. And so she gets her tambourine and she starts dancing before the Lord. She's dancing in the desert. <laughs> I'll tell you what some of us need to do. We need to get our tambourine out, just start praising the Lord. I know I'm in the wilderness. I know I'm in bitter water. I know I'm not in the place I want to be, but God's been good to me. I'm going to go ahead and praise him for his grace. I'm going to praise him for his mercy. I'm going to praise him for delivering me for who I used to be. He brought me out of Egypt. I might be in the wilderness, but praise God, I'm not who I used to be either. So she gets the tambourine, she starts dancing. Yeah, you got to start, some of y'all got to grab a tambourine this morning. Start dancing in the desert. For too long, you've been talking about your depression and talking about how bad everything is and how bad everybody else is and the, all the stuff that you're going through and you keep doing that and all you're doing is feeding your demons. Historian Josephus said this, he said, back then they had records of all that would happen at the Red Sea because people would write it down and testify. And they testified that when they came across the Red Sea, they weren't just happy they got delivered. They was happy that the enemy, that the sin, that all the stuff that was holding them down for hundreds of years was washed away, never to have to, could hurt them again. And so they said while they was dancing, they said, you imagine a Red Sea. I mean, this big movement of water, it started pushing all of those Pharaoh's chariots and all those enemies up on the shore. They said Mary, Mary probably had that tambourine while she was dancing and praising the Lord. She was actually dancing up on top of some of them soldiers that was trying to come get her. In other words, the very thing that had a hold of you, the very thing that had a grip of you, the very thing that was on top of you that you couldn't seem to get away from, now all of a sudden you're dancing on top of it. Hey, can I tell you, you set some ambushments of praise before the Lord right now. The Bible says if you go ahead to warfare, you praise the Lord and watch the demons and watch what they do. They're going to tremble and they're going to move. About Just lift him up high and talk about how powerful and almighty and sovereign and good he is. And the devil has no answer for it. Somebody grab a tambourine and just start dancing on the devil's head right now and tell the devil he can't hurts you because you got a God who's graceful and merciful, who's blessed you and delivered you and set you free. And so we're going to praise the Lord. Hey, I'm going to go ahead and dance this depression right out the way. I'm going to go ahead and dance all this debt right out the way. I'm going to dance my disease right out the way. That's what Miriam was doing on the shore because she's saying God's been good. Don't you remember what Job said? I mean, Job's staring at eight caskets in front of his children. Can you imagine Job's going, he's lost all of his finance, he lost his job, he lost his health. But Job said, if they naked, I came into this world, naked I'm going to go out. Blessed be the name of the Lord who gives and takes away. He still praised the Lord so the devil had no answer for Job. Even though the devil was trying to get Job, he couldn't get Job because he kept praising God. 
If we let the world get so, so involved in our life and we get so caught up in our problems, we forget the promise and we stop praising the Lord. It's a dangerous, dangerous predicament. But what I want you to see is that even though they was praising the Lord, in fact, the Bible says that they came out with a high hand. In other words, what that means is they were so excited when they got delivered. I mean, they was like high-fiving. It's like when you win the big game and your, your teammate's like, whoa, and you high-fiving. I mean, it was a big moment, right? I mean, I'm talking about like when Michael Jordan dunked on Patrick Ewan in the championship. Dun -dun 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 -dun. Y'all remember all them? Boom. It's a big moment. It's a place of victory, that we have victory. Something great has happened. They came out with a high hand. And then when we read our text, it says three days later, they're complaining. Now, see, I'm going to get real with you because some of y'all are so spiritual. You've been delivered. God's good. He's praised God. He's merciful. He's great, and that's great, and I play my tambourine. But if you was honest, you get in them moments just a few days later where you got the mully grubs and you complaining and you wonder, God, why did you bring me here? Like, why would you deliver me for this? You know, we talk about the children of Israel. We read the Bible and we're like, why are y'all complaining? Y'all was just talking about you, had, you were slaves. You was in Egypt. They was beating you and making you do stuff. And God brought you out. Why are you complaining and saying it'd be better off to go to Egypt? The same reason why when God saved your soul and you praised God when he first did and you was made new. But now you look back and say, God, why in the world would it be better off if I just did what I used to do? You know you thought at one time before because that's how wicked your flesh is. But I want to tell you right now, I want to tell you right now, God still loves you. God's still graceful. God's still merciful. And even though we get in in that way sometimes that God is still working and providing for your very need. You can't let your situation dictate your praise. You see, that's not real praise. That's praising your situation. We praise God because of who he is. How many of you are thankful no matter your geographical location doesn't change who God is? That God was still God when he was in Egypt and God's still God when he was in the wilderness. God's still God when he got to the promised land. He's still God. He's still doing great and mighty things. And so what God wants you to see this morning is maybe some of you are in that place where maybe, you know what, you've been delivered, you praise God, but I feel like there's a lot of you in that place, honestly, this morning. We can just tell by the, the way we walk in the place. We can tell by the way when we're singing where you can't even praise from our heart. Life has a way of disappointing you and discouraging you. Life has a way of, of bringing things that are bitter into your life, and all of a sudden now you lose your love and your passion and excitement for who God is and what he's done for you in your life. We let them bitter waters affect us. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. I think in this text, what God's trying to show us is that there's even his children. They're in the wilderness. They just came out with a high hand, and now all of a sudden they're disappointed, and they're frustrated, and they're complaining. I want to tell you about that place real quick. See, first of all, if you look in your text, there's, a, there's this place. And the first thing I want you to see is that it's a place, it's, it's a wilderness of desertion. The Bible said that when they came here, it was a wilderness. It was a desert. In other words, that's a dry and dusty place. When you come into a place like that, it's, it's, there's nothing there. It's a barren land. There seems to be no life. How many of you have, have maybe walked through this life, and all of a sudden you're praising God one minute, but then all of a sudden you find yourself, and it's just life's dry, life's dusty. Like, I'm just going through the motions. How many of you going through the motions in your marriage, going through the motions at work, going through the motions in your life, and you don't even realize why? Because this life is just seemed to be mundane and just seems to have let you down in some way. Well, that's where they are, man. They're, they're, they're excited what God's done, and now they're just like, why am I here in this wilderness? 
And life has a way of feeling deserted. It makes you feel alone. It makes you feel like, like I'm not even living up to what I was supposed to. What is this life even all about? That's where they're at. Some of you are in that place. It's not just a place of desertion. It's a place of disappointment. You go past that, you all of a sudden start feeling disappointed. Why? Because now when I'm here, after three days, they still have no water, the Bible said. Well, that's disappointing. Thank you, God, for delivering me, and thank you. Okay, it's bad enough you bring me to a desert, but you brought me to a desert, and we have no water. Do you know what it would feel like? Because some of us, we go through a wilderness. I don't know. I've never experienced an actual wilderness like they did in those times, but the winds would, like, howl against them. I've been in winds that are, like, really, really strong, howling against you, and it's tough. If you tried to work in that all day, you'd be wore out. They're in winds that are pushing against them, these contrary winds. They're in a place that's dry and it's hot and they have no water for three days. Listen, when you have no water for three days, just where we live, that'd be hard. Three days in a desert, you ready to give up, quit. You ready to just say, I'm done with life. In fact, you feel like you're going to die because you're literally about to. <laughs> you're dehydrated. Some of y'all dehydrated spiritually. And some of y'all have just because you've been disappointed. I think the greatest thing was when they got there, they like, God, you brought us here in a desert. Okay, but now you ain't got no water for us? Moses, what's wrong with your God? <laughs> you know, they're complaining. We don't understand. And I think life has a way of doing that to us. We get disappointed when we don't get what we wanted. Or maybe we, well, life didn't turn out the way we expected it. Maybe even after Jesus has saved my soul and I've given my life to Jesus, even now with my walk, life's not what I thought it was going to be. And so you become to get disappointed. I got any disappointed people in the house this morning? You see, I think disappoint, disappointment will get you to where you don't praise God the way you used to praise God. Not just a place of disappointment, but you know what else it was? It was a place of discouragement. I say this all the time, I'm like, man, people, people are just aren't honest about, as Christians, you know, we're not honest. We're like, well, I'm not disappointed. Like God's so good. God's good to me, especially preachers. We're bad about God's so good. And we don't say, man, I've been disappointed so many times. I had a preacher tell me that one time. He's so spiritual. He's like, man, I'm, I've never been disappointed. He said, Lord, I can't be disappointed. The Lord's been so good to me. I said, man, are you married? <laughs> My wife said, I got the greatest wife in the world. But just the honest truth about it is, if you're married, you're going to be disappointed. You're in a relationship. You raise teenagers, you're going to be disappointed. I love my kids. I got the greatest kids in the world, but you're going to be disappointed because you're in a relationship. It don't matter relationship you have. You pastor a church, you're going to be disappointed. You get in any relationship, you, you lead men, you lead women, you're in a, in, a, in a group where you're at work or whatever it is, you're involved with other people, you're going to be disappointed. Life has a way of disappointing you. And the worst part of it was they're so disappointed, but now they just don't have no water. The Bible says finally they walk up on water, but it's bitter water. <laughs> so it's a place of discouragement. Man, that's even worse. It's one thing to be disappointed, but now I'm discouraged. See, discouragement is a, is a dangerous thing. I remember watching a Hard Knocks. Y'all know the Hard Knocks football? This is one of the first ones way back. New York Jets special team coach. I'll never forget this. He tells his special teams because they're kind of like, they're kind of going through the motions because, you know, they've been disappointed. They haven't played. They're not starting. They got to they do the little job nobody wants to do. So he looks at it and he says, man, Satan was having a going out of business sale one day. And he says, selling every tool that he had. And a businessman walked in the door. He says, Satan, I want the best tool that you got. And that man looked, Satan looked at that man. He said, you want the best tool? He said, I want the best tool. He walked over there behind the counter. He grabbed it. He put it down. He said, that's easy. That's it. Discouragement. Man, that man looked at him and said, come on, devil. I know you. I know the games you've been playing. 
I know you got better tools than discouragement. Is that really your best tool? He said, absolutely, because if you buy this one, I can get you to buy everything else I got. See, that's why it's so dangerous to be discouraged because you get discouraged, you start to lay down, you start to lay down long enough and rest long enough and go to sleep long enough, all of a sudden you want to quit. But I'm going to tell you, the Bible says that a righteous man, he might fall seven times, but he's going to get up again because you know in whom you have believed. There is a God who's great no matter what I'm walking through. I will believe in him. He's still sovereign. He's still Lord. He's still good. He's still merciful no matter what I'm going through. Can you imagine when they come, these people, they come here and they're like, oh, I got no water. And now they're like, oh, here's water, but no, it's bitter water. This was not bitter like we think, like lemons, like it's just sour, like sour. The word literally means it's poisonous, it's polluted. They die if they drink it. It's almost like you feel God's messing with you. So now you're going to give me water, but you're going to give me bitter water? Man, if, you, if we was honest, we've been there. Maybe you're a child of God. But you know what? You've gone through some disappointment and now you're going through discouragement because you've drank of these bitter waters. I'm going to tell you it's bitter when somebody go ahead and gets a, a notice from their wife that they've been cheating on them. It's bitter when somebody gets something and their husband says, you know what? I want to get a divorce. Some of you has been through the bitter waters of divorce. Some of you, it's bitter when your child says, comes to you and says, I'm turning my back on God for an alternative lifestyle. It's a bitter moment when you get an eviction notice in the mail because you can't afford to pay rent because you're a single mom trying to take care of your kids. It's a bitter moment when you come to these places in your life where all of a sudden you thought God was with you, but you're, you're tasting something that doesn't make any sense. You feel like giving up. You feel like quitting. You say, I'm done with everything. That's where the devil wants to get you, right in that bitter water. But God... <laughs> You see, there's a place of disappointment. We live in this world. It's a world of tribulation, the Bible says. It's a world full of trouble. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. You see, it's like Paul Harvey used to say. Here's page two, the rest of the story. You might feel like you're in that place. You're discouraged. You're despondent. You're defeated. You're depressed. You're, you're disappointed. You're at that place in your life. But there is a God who's still on his throne, who still loves you and looking out on your behalf. And so right here in the text, when they're feeling like quitting and wondering where in the world God is, God steps in the situation and Moses cries unto the Lord and God's got to an answer for him. I don't know who's in that place, but if you're in that place, and maybe you're not there now, but you were in that place, or maybe you're headed to that place, but I can tell you in that place, there's a plant. And what I want you to pay attention to is what he told Moses. He said, Moses, when he cried out, he said, here's a tree. <laughs> now I'm going to talk to some of my praying people in here. How many of you pray and the prayer you asked, the question you asked, when God gave you the answer, it didn't match the question. Hmm? Because I look, I'm not a smart person. I mean, I'm not the smartest person in the world, but I know if I pray about water, I'm not really looking for a tree. I mean, it. You know, if you was being honest, you got problems you're praying about right now. You're praying about financial problems, relationship problems, whatever it is. You're praying about, you know, whatever you're going through, the struggles that you're going through. You're praying about those things, and you're looking for God to answer that prayer. But see, the, where you're looking is not the answer. And so you're reaching for all these answers that are never the answer because God, what he's trying to do is help you understand that your answer is not going to match with the question you're asking. 
What God is trying to tell you, hey, I got an answer for your problem. It's a tree. Okay, this group's going to have to, y'all going to have to help me right here, okay? I want you, look, you know what he told Moses when Moses said, what are we going to do about this bit of water? He said, the Bible said the Lord showed him a tree. And he said he took the tree and cast it in the water. Don't make much sense, does it? Go ahead and hit your neighbor, elbow your neighbor and say, throw a tree at it. Throw a tree at it. I mean, hey, hey, you dealing with disappointment? You dealing with discouragement? You dealing with that bitter water? Somebody's hurt your feelings? You having a relationship problem? I mean, I'm talking about real deal problems. You went to the funeral home and you had to go in that selection room and you had to pick out a box for somebody you loved and it was way too soon. You dealing with problems? I'm talking about bitter water. Throw a tree at it. You guys, now y'all, y'all confused and saying, well, wouldn't the word tree? Just like, like Moses would have been. But see, you always just do what the Lord tells you. Because what I want to tell you, the answer for everything you're dealing with is in the tree. Can I give you some signs? Can I give you some significance of the tree? You ask, Pastor Ryan, I don't know what is the significance of the tree. I'm going to give you some significance, and then we'll go home, and we'll go eat, and we'll have a good time. The first thing I want you to see about the tree is it was a shown tree. The Bible said in verse 25, the Lord showed it to him. Now, this is important because I've prayed all morning, God, please show somebody the tree. The Lord has to show you the tree. You have to, you, the Lord himself will show you the tree. If you open up your heart to really wanting this bitter water fixed in your life, then you have to listen to what God's telling you. He's trying to show you a tree. It's a shown tree. Now, I'm, listen, I'm not a horticulturist. I'm not a botanist. I don't know much about trees. Okay, but let's say this is a tree. I do know that that tree, it takes a long time to become a tree. In other words, this ain't mushrooms. This ain't something you wake up and it's there. This tree had to be there a long time. That's what I'm talking about, my man. But you know them trees don't get that big with that fruit overnight. The point what I'm trying to tell you is when the Lord showed him a tree, he was showing him a tree that had already been there. In fact, it had been there so long that when they was in Egypt, before they even knew God, thought about God, wanted anything to do about God, when they was in Egypt and they were still in slavery to their sin and slavery to the devil, when they was in darkness over there and had nothing to do with the marvelous light, when they was over there and didn't understand the grace and mercy of their father, he had already planted a seed in a dry ground. Y'all not hear what I'm preaching? That over there in the wilderness, before they ever walked up on that tree, he already picked out a spot and he put a seed in that ground and there's a root out of drowned, out of dry ground from the seed of Jesse he came and in that seed the Lord sent rain just on that spot when there was no water the Lord came and cultivated when there was no cultivation so that that tree would be there when they got there somebody help me this morning I am thankful that the tree is already there the tree's already there, yeah. You, you got an eviction notice in the mail. Maybe you can't pay your bills. You don't know how you're going to make it right now. You lost your job when you gave them your life for years. You're going through marriage problems. Can I tell you, the tree is already planted. It's already there. God's already provided what you need. He's gone before you. He makes the crooked path straight. In fact, when you read your Bible, the Bible says, I want you to notice the tree now. 
before the foundations of the world, a lamb was slain. Hallelujah. Glory to God. In other words, before the earth was even formed, the lamb was slain. Before God even created the earth or created mankind, the Bible says, a lamb said, I'll go on a tree and I'll die for those people. I'm thankful to God that there's a lamb who already paid the price. He already took the price. He already paid for our sin. Before I was born, before your mama was born, before your mama's mama was born, Jesus said it's finished and he paid the price for our sin. He defeated the devil and he conquered the grave. He overcame. We are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Why? Because the tree had already been planted. <laughs> tree is already planted. It's already there. Everything you're looking for is already there. You just got to look. Everything you're looking for is already there in that tree. It was at that place called Calvary where Jesus died for our sins. That's where victory's at. There's nowhere else. It's right there. You're not going to find it in money and houses and fame and fortune and all the things you think that's going to give it to you. Those things are nice. Listen, I pray about things, jobs, career. We should pray about those things. God has places for those things, but that's not the thing that fixes your bitter water. It will not take your disappointment and discouragement away. There's only one thing that will, and that's that tree. Lord, no, the devil's trying to take my voice, but guess what? Sweet water, baby. Hey, hey, hey. Woo. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen. If my voice totally goes out, Pastor Dan's going to come preach the last few points. Somebody say amen. Hey, I don't know about you, but I'm thankful before I ever loved God, he already loved me. And before I ever got my own self into some bitter waters or somebody else got me in bitter waters, before I had to walk through this wilderness, he was already there for me. He already died for me. He's already paid the price for me. He's already said you're forgiven. All you got to do is recognize it. There's some of you in this room don't realize Jesus has already done what he needs to do for you. He's already done what he has to do to turn your bitter water sweet. But you got to look at the tree. You're looking at everything else. Listen, for my whole life, I grew up knowing the story about Jesus. I knew about Calvary. I knew about Jesus. Look, I, I wore a crucifix on my neck. I know what Jesus did. But you know the problem, until I was 23 years old, all it was was a story. But the day God revealed to me and showed me the glory of his cross, not just a story. The, I, he showed me the tree. You hear what I'm saying? He showed me himself reaching his arms so wide, saying, I love you. I did this for you. All you got to do is come unto me, and I will give you rest. If you come to me, I'll forgive you of all your sins. Your past will be washed away. The devil has no hold of you. You become a child of me. You're no longer a sinner, but now you become a son. All you got to do is come to me. How many of you are thankful for the tree this morning? He's shown him a tree. The tree was already planted. Before you ever got in the mess you in, the tree is already there. Hey, listen, it's not just a shown tree. I'm going to hurry. Is also a specific tree, a single tree. We read here, just, you got to read the Bible. Notice every word. It said a tree. It didn't say three, seven, 70. It said a tree. I'm going to show you a tree. There's the tree. In other words, there's one tree. It's certain, it's single, it's specific, it's sure. One tree. There's only one tree. You see, we like to look at everything else, but there's one. You say, 
That's fine. Just there are other trees. I don't know. There was maybe be other trees there in the wilderness that God had. There might have been other trees that look really nice. It, it might have been even lemon and lime trees. But you see, the thing about it is there was only one tree. This is what I do know. There was only one tree that could take the bitter water and make it sweet. There's only one tree that could turn the sour and make it sweet. There's only one tree that can take death and make it life. There's only one tree that can make darkness and turn it into light. There's only one tree that's going to help you with your disappointment and discouragement and depression and defeat. There's only one tree that gives you victory. There's only one door. There's not three doors or four doors. There's one door. There's one way. There's one truth. There's one life. There's one mediator between God and heaven. There his name is Jesus. There's only one shepherd for your soul. There's only one savior for your soul. There's only one sacrifice for your sin. His name's Jesus. He's the doorway of deliverance. He's the pathway to peace. He's the roadway to righteousness. He's the highway to holiness. There's only one. His name's Jesus. There's no other name under heaven whereby you can be saved other than Jesus. He's the name above every name. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the alpha. He's the omega. He's the beginning and he's the end. He's the sovereign king. His name's Jesus. Can you shout Jesus in the house this morning? Woo. Just one tree. There's only one. One faith, one Lord, one baptism. Jesus. Why we keep looking everywhere else is amazing, isn't it? That's what our flesh like. We try to find the answer and everything. No, it's just a tree. Just go back to the tree. Can I tell you from my own life personally, when you ever get over the cross, you're going to get under bitter waters again. As long as you got the tree, you're going to be sweet. You got to look to Jesus. If we just see him high and lifted up and his train fill the temple, it won't just be the angels saying, holy, holy, holy. We all be shouting holy. Like when we sang in that song, you'd have been shouting holy if you was looking at the truth. If you was looking at a God who became sin for your sakes, that through his sin, you could be made rich. If you was looking at a God who traded out your sins so that you could become a son. If you was looking at a God who took the depths of hell so you could step in the doorways of heaven. If you was looking at a God who loved you when you was unlovable and done with you, you couldn't do for yourself. You wouldn't help but say, thank you, Jesus. It'd be sweet. Land flowing with milk and honey. Because there's only one. There's only one answer. It's Jesus. See, it's not just a specific tree, but it's also a supernatural tree. You see, in other words, it's a miracle tree. Now you say, Pastor Rima, why, is, why in the world is this thing a miracle tree? Well, look at where it's growing. <laughs> I mean... That's a miracle. They didn't have miracle grow out there, you know what I'm saying? It was, it was a miracle because it was growing in a desert. The Bible said there was no water, and then the tree is growing where there's bitter water. Polluted, contaminated, messed up bitter water that kills everything that's around, but yet this tree is alive and flourishing. Lord have mercy. I'm about to have a smell right here. I'm a, I, I feel like I got to help some of you. Some of y'all look asleep this morning. Can I help y'all get excited about Jesus and what he did on the cross again? See, I just, I'm just, look, I'm passionate about whatever it is. I'm passionate about sports. This is what I believe. Not everybody shows emotion differently. Some people just aren't as emotional. But I'm passionate about things. Like when I play sports, I, I, like, I watched the New Orleans Saints for years. We finally went to a Super Bowl. Man, I broke my lamp. I broke the TV. We was excited. 
big things were happening. Man, that's just a pigskin going across grass. Nobody thinks about it anymore. You're talking about God who loves me and did that for me? Woo, I get excited. I get excited. So I want to help some of you. This is, the, this is sometimes it's just the language. Like when I came to Picayune, there's a word. You know, like when I, where I come from, I would say like right here. It's right here, right here. I say right here. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right here. Y'all know where I'm from. I come to Picayune, and this is the word they say, smack dab. Y'all know that word? Like my wife's family, it's smack dab in the middle. Smack dab. I figured out where smack dab is. It's right next to Krispy Kreme, amen? It's right <laughs> smack dab. Woo, that's a good place, <laughs> especially when the light's on. Smack dab. Guess where it's smack dab at, this tree? Smack dab in bitter, polluted, contaminated water. Whew. This tree is smack dab growing in the middle of the bitter water. Now, why, why is that important? Because, you see, he was in the world, but he's not of the world. All right, y'all not, not getting what I'm saying. He's smack dab in pollution, but he's not polluted. He's smack dab in the contamination, but he's not contaminated. He's smack dab in the bitterness, but he's still sweet because he's not of this world, even though he was in the world. He who knew no sin became sin for me and you. He came into the sin, but he had no sin inside of himself. He was born of a virgin, and he was conceived by the Holy Ghost. Oh, what a tree this is. It's a supernatural tree. He came down to us when we couldn't go up to him. He had no fault in him. He was a perfect God. I remember this. Listen, this, this illustration will help you. When my wife, when I was having our first, or she was having our first son, and I remember I was excited, man. My first son, I'm young, you know, I'm excited. And we had to go to these classes, like breathing stuff. Like, whoever invented that's evil, all right? Because you spend all that time and resource and trying to get studied up, and when you get in there, it don't know, it's all gone. All that's gone. You just need the tree. Amen. You need the tree. But anyway, I remember going in them, in them classes. And it's funny because, you know, I, I was expecting when I was born, I was the oldest of five. My dad and them, they like hung out and had cigars, said it's a boy. You know what I'm saying? They sat in the waiting room. But we had to actually go back there. And I mean, if you've ever been back there, you knew you was back there and you wasn't sure if you ever wanted to go back there because there was some big stuff going on back there. And I remember it coming out and they had the umbilical cord, you know, and you're like, Dad, you want to cut the umbilical cord? I'm like, whoo, you know. But I remember I read this book, and uh, this was just a doctor talking about when he was getting ready for stuff, and it was a doctor talking, he, he was preaching. He said the umbilical cord that goes from the mother to the child passes all the nutrients and all the vitamins and all the resources and everything it needs to live except the blood. It says, he said that the blood is actually manufactured from the bone marrow, which comes from the father's lineage. That's why the father, when, a, when you get married, a woman would take the man's name because the children take the father's blood. Y'all don't see where I'm going with this. Help me on this side. Why is that important, preacher? Because there's a tree 
who came in this world, but he didn't, wasn't of this world. He had no sin. Because even though he was born of a fleshly woman, even though he was born of Mary, he was conceived by the Holy Ghost. And he had a father who was immaculate and perfect and holy and sovereign and holy so that when he was born, he had perfect, matchless, spotless, sinless, holy, almighty blood running through his veins. What a tree. He's out of this world. <laughs> He's out of this world. It's supernatural. And I'm thankful that Jesus had the blood that it took to take away our sins. He's the only one. He's the only tree. He's a supernatural tree. He's a stricken tree. Watch this. I'm going to hurry up. So, so there's a tree. Moses looks at the tree. Okay, God. He says, cast it in the, in the bitter water. Well, I believe Moses, to cast in the water, he had to do something. He walked up to the tree. Moses got down and took his rightful place at the tree. Boy, something good happens when you take your rightful place at the foot of the tree. Because he had to get down at the foot of the tree in order that he could cast the tree in the water. Because to cast the tree in the water, the tree had to be stricken. The tree had to be beaten. The tree had to be bruised. The tree had to start bleeding. He had to strike that tree until it was cut down. When it was cut down, it was able to go into his bit of water. Well, I'll read the Bible, and it tells me he, Jesus, was wounded for our transgressions. He's bruised for our iniquities. By his stripes, we were healed. The Bible tells me he was crucified and was slain for our sin. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. What a tree. What a tree. Oh, happy day when Jesus died for me. Anybody thankful for the tree that was wounded for your sin? He took it all for you. He was beaten for you. He was beaten for you. He didn't have to come and die and take all those bruises. In fact, Jesus could have easily called 10,000 angels. He could have easily spoke a word and said, I'm done with all of this. But he set his face like a flint and said, I got a job to do because I wanted to see you and you and you be saved by the grace of God, sitting in his house, giving him a hand clap of praise, raising your hands, thanking him for what he's done because he did for us what we could not do for ourselves. Go ahead and get excited about it. He did for us what we could not do. Don't you see the tree? He paid a price he didn't know because we owed a price we couldn't pay. And if you ever get over that, life's going to be bitter. Don't get over that. That he who was rich became poor for our sakes. This is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Don't get over his grace that though he was rich, he became poor for our sakes. That through his poverty, we could become rich he got cut down so we could go up. He became a sin so you could be a son. He took hell so you could go to heaven. Hey, I want to tell you the reason why you can raise your families and have joy and a smile on your face was because Jesus took everything the devil had and beat the devil at his own game because he said, I lay down my life freely. I freely give it. It wasn't nails that held Jesus on the cross. Soldiers didn't keep him there. It was his love for me and you that kept him there. And the whole time he got punched and beaten, bruised, he said, I love him. I love him.
And now we're more than conquerors through a tree that loved us. See, it was a stricken tree. <laughs> there is a fountain filled with blood that flows from Emmanuel's veins. And if you get plunged beneath this, you lose all your guilty stains. Yeah. It was also a substitutional tree. Now Moses said, God said, take the tree, take that supernatural, take that selected, certain, shown tree, and throw it in the water. Moses threw the ball in the water, and all of a sudden, the bitter water became sweet. Now I want you to get a picture of this. This is what happened on Calvary. When the tree was planted in that water, the water's polluted, it's, it's contaminated, it's bitter all on this side. But as soon as that tree got in that water, it acted like a filter and started sucking up all that contaminations, all the pollutants. It just started taking it upon himself. Everything that was bitter, it started taking itself. It took the reproaches, the reproaches of the world. It took the sin of the world, everything. It was taking it upon itself. And you see it like a filter. And then on this side of that tree, the water was clean, and it was pure, and it was new, and it was fresh. All of a sudden, now what was bitter, it became better. All of a sudden, now what was sour, it became sweet. All all of a sudden now what was dead it became life because somebody took the place there was a substitute how many are thankful over 2,000 years ago there was a God who hung on a tree a place called Calvary and said I'll do for you what you could never do for yourself why in the world we get over something like that you know I would venture to say if there was a person who looked at my maybe my child Maybe they had a heart problem, and they had a heart that matched, and they said, you know what? You can take my life. I'm going to give my heart to that child. You know what? I would never get over that, and you wouldn't either. Isn't it amazing how wicked our flesh is? We'll get over what Jesus has done for us. We'll even come in his own house, and we're over it. We don't want to see the tree. No, Lord, I want to see the tree. Just show me something else. Give me some money. Give me some fortune. Give me some fame. Give me, give me this. Give, let my kids do this. I want to see this. You want all this other stuff. You, you missed the whole important thing, the tree. Everything's in the tree. Thank you, my brother. I'm glad you're excited. We should be excited about it. Amen, bro. Me too. Last but not least, I'm done. It was a supreme tree. In other words, it was a sovereign tree. It, it, was, it, it did what it only it could do. Notice what the text says. I'm just preaching the Bible. It's right here in your text. It says, as soon as the tree hit the water, it became sweet. As soon as. Can I give y'all the Greek? I'm going to give y'all the Greek word for this, as soon as. Y'all ready? Boom shakalaka. That was that NBA jam arcade. Y'all remember? Boom shakalaka. Boom shakalaka. Y'all know what that word means? It just means bam. I mean, it just immediately, like bam. You can't even explain it. As soon as. I don't know about you, but I remember a day when I did get shown the tree, and I realized it was a selected tree. It was only one tree. And I realized it was a substituted tree. And I realized that it was the only thing that could do for me what I couldn't do for myself. 
And then when God showed me that tree, as I was sitting there in that place, he showed me that as soon as you put your faith and trust in me, all things will be made new. And I want to tell you that day I put my faith in Jesus. I didn't even know what the preacher was saying. I heard the first verse. He said, your, your sins, is right, your, your righteousness is filthy rags before God. And he said, if you think you can add anything to your salvation, this is what he told me. He said, if you think you can add anything, he said, you're, you're frustrating the grace of God because then why would Jesus even have to do what he did? You think you can add to that? And I'm going to tell you, the Holy Spirit slapped me in the face because it was like I was slapping Jesus in the face. How dare you try to add to my glory and what I did for you? And I'm going to tell you, I fell to my knees at that tree that day. I'm sitting on the back of a little church. Look, church I didn't even want to be in. I got invited 10 times and I found, but God knew where I was and he showed me a tree. And he said, this is the tree that'll answer all your problems. Let me tell you what happened. The moment, I didn't even know exactly how I said it, but the moment I put my faith in that tree, the moment I said, I need you, I just called, I said, I need you. The moment I surrendered my life to that tree, can I tell you it was boom shakalaka? I mean, I came up new, all things passed away, all things became new. I woke up the next morning and I was talking about how pretty the sunrise was. I was talking about the bird chirp. I ain't never paid no attention to a sunrise. Thank God nobody else was in the room with me. They would have thought something was wrong with me. I mean, I went that day and I was listening to my boys, Tupac and Biggie, but that day I was listening to American Family Radio. What in the world happened to me? I'm not really sure, but I saw a tree and that tree did for me what I could not do. And when I put my faith in the tree, he said, any man be in Christ, Old things have passed away. All things became new. What's bitter is now sweet. I'm telling them somebody who wants their bitter waters turned sweet, you got to put your faith in Jesus because it's a supreme tree. <laughs> but it's not just a supreme tree, it's a sweet tree. Oh, how sweet it is. If I could sing, I'd break it down. That might have been my title if I could sing. Oh, how sweet it is <laughs> to be loved by you. See, he loves you this morning. But ain't it amazing, he said a sweet, he didn't say, he could have used clean, he could have said clean water, fresh water, new water. He says sweet water. Now I'm going to give y'all a picture of this right here. This is what God showed me. And some of y'all this morning have been looking at me like, this guy gets too wound up. But let me tell you what happens. If you ever drink Red Bull or energy drinks, you start getting what they call an itch. Y'all know what I'm saying? Some of you know what I'm talking about because somebody was cruel enough like some people do for the children's nursery, where they're going to put them to your house, right? They're going to bring them to your house. But before they brought them, they gave them about 10 Mountain Dews, some Now and Laters, Jolly Ranchers, and whatever else. I mean, a Coke. I mean, they, they are jacked up, baby. You know what I'm saying? Now, I don't know exactly how it worked, but I want you to picture this. They're in the wilderness, got no water. Three days. They about to die. I mean, we'd be on the IV. They barely make it. And God gave them sugar water. <laughs> I mean, they, they like this, and all of a sudden that sweet water, whoo, whoo. I mean, that's all they had in their veins. They had nothing on their stomach. All they had in their veins. Man, they're excited. They worked up, huh? Because you know what? When you taste that tree, there's nothing like it. And I'm telling you right now, when you taste that tree and you see it for what it is, you're going to be excited. There's a passion that comes in that because you're thankful for what he's done for you. When you've received the grace of God, you can't help but express the grace of God. And I don't know about you, but I think God, you know, in fact, I know he does because he says, he said, those who've been brought from darkness to his marvelous light, therefore let us show forth the praises unto him. 
And too many times we so worry about what we look like, we can't even share praises. It testifies of what he's done for us. Like Miriam playing her timbrel. It dances on top of the devil's head because it lets him know we know who our God is no matter what our circumstance is. It testifies to the people around you that even though it looks bitter, I got some sweet water. That even though it looks like a wilderness, I'm going to a promised land. That even though that I'm walking right here, this is not where God has for me. God's got great things for me because he's a great God. It's time for us, church, to testify of the tree. Once you've received the tree, you need to testify of the tree, which brings me to the purpose of the tree, and I'm done. If you notice in that last verse, it says they came to Elam where there was 12 wells of water and 70 palm trees. This blessed my heart. You see this whole water theme we got going on. You know, the Bible said Jesus told this woman at the well, he said, listen, you come to this well to drink, but this water, you're going to be thirsty again. But if you drink of the water that I have, this living water, you'll never thirst again. But he goes on to say, after you've tasted of that living water, he said, you believe in me, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. That he didn't want it just to get in you, but he got it in you so that it can come out of you. <laughs> see, God didn't bring you here and get you to see that tree just so that you could have a sweet little taste. He brought you there so that he can send you to Elam where there's 12 wells and 70 palm trees. He said, somebody's going to see that peace and rest that you have in your heart, even though you're in the wilderness, and they're going to wonder who in the world, how in the world do you have such a thing? And you're going to testify of the tree. Because it took the tree to get me from Mara unto Elam. Now, I'm picturing this, and, and listen, Coach Evan, I'm picturing this. And they, they're in a desert. It's no water, and now they got bitter water. And all of a sudden, they walk up after they get the tree, and they get the tree and the bit of water is sweet. Now, all of a sudden, there's 70 palm trees. And there's 12 wells of springing water and green grass and life, like in the middle of a desert. I mean, look, it's like a sandals resort up here in the middle of the wilderness. I'm serious, man. Like, that sounds good to me right now. 70 palm trees, wells of water, like green. I mean, I'm picturing Moses over there, man. He's got to drink one of them umbrellas in it, sitting up there with his nice sandals up under, on his little, up under the shade of the palm tree. But you know, that's exactly what God did. God said, I come to give you rest. I come to give you peace. And there's so many of us in the world, if we're honest, yeah, we come to church and we sing hallelujah and we got our Bible, but we, you don't have peace right now. You're struggling because you're still in that bit of water because you ain't looked back at the cross. When you get back to the cross, all of a sudden now you feel like you're at a sandals resort because you got peace that passeth understanding. You got joy, unspeakable, full of glory. He gives you rest. He gets you up under that shade that even though the sun's still beating in the wilderness and the winds are still there, he's got you up in his nice little resort. That God is your refuge and he's your strong power and he's your buckler and he's your, he's your help in your time of need. That even though, guys, we live in this world God has something great because he's overcome the world. And God wants us to share that with everybody else in the world. That what now you had in you, that sweet water. Anybody ever tasted that land of milk and honey? Anybody tasted the sweet water when he turned the bitter water sweet? Well, now he wants that to come out of you so that it can bless people around you. You know, it's time for us, church, if we be honest, is to get out of our Minds where we focus on our problems and start just focusing back on who Jesus is and what he does for us. He's still working. This wasn't just something he did 2,000 years ago. He's working it out in you right now. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling before the Lord because the Lord is working it in you. We, a bunch of us are flabby Christians, out of shape, because we ain't working out. 
Start working out what God's put in you. Everybody stand to your feet, please. I want y'all to bow your heads and just close your eyes. And I don't know where you're at, what place you're in, but some of you are in a wilderness. You feel like life's just really hard and it's beating you down. And there's some of you here who've, you've been delivered from Egypt. You've trusted the Lord. You know about the tree. But maybe you've just gotten over it. Maybe you've, your attention's been drawn to the bitterness that you're in right now, the disappointment, the discouragement. I think God wants to help you to get renewed be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I want to pray that God will help you right now as you're closing your eyes. Instead of focusing on the problem and the bitterness that you're in, God wants you to look back at the cross and he wants you to see his love. He wants you to see how much he loves you and cares for you. He wants you to see him high and lifted up, that he's sovereign, he's in control, he can do all things, he can work all things for good, that God is still, even in the wilderness, bringing you to a promised land. He wants you to trust him. So I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray for our brothers and sisters who are going through a wilderness and they've been there so long, they feel like they're dehydrated spiritually. They're, they're bitter. There's bitter things that they're tasting and they, they want the problem to go away. Would you help them just to look back at the cross? Let them see your love. We're more than conquerors through you who loves us. Let them see how great you are. Your grace is sufficient for them in this time of need. Lord, be their present help. God, for any of these people out here who've never put their faith in Jesus, they've never seen the tree, they knew the story, but not the glory. Would you help them right here at this moment? As soon as they just receive you, God, you will make them a daughter and a son of God. Lord, I pray that you save somebody in this place today. So God, I pray for your blessings upon them. While she plays this song, I'm gonna pray and ask the Lord's blessings upon us. But listen, if you've been in any one of them situations, if you're not sure about that tree, not sure about your salvation, you don't know Jesus, someone's over here, be glad to talk to you and just show you the tree. Tell you what he's all about, what he's done for you, he loves you. If some of you know Jesus, but like you're struggling, you've been going through life and you just feel like you're, it's hard to make and you're tasting a bit of water, why don't you come before the Lord, come before that tree like Moses that day and throw that in that bitter water and let that bitter water become sweet again. So all I wanna do, I'm not gonna bring the prayer team up, but just the altars are open. While she's playing this song, I'm praying. Why don't you come to Jesus? It's the only way. Let Jesus help you this morning. Let him change your situation. Father, I love you. And we thank you, God, that you're moving in this place. We thank you that you're blessing people because we realize we need you. We have nothing without you. Lord, you're more than enough. You're everything. And we just pray for those who are in the bitter water right now. They've been disappointed. They've been discouraged. Help them to cry out to you. Lord, help them just to see you. Show them the tree, God. Let's look back to the cross and realize that our victory is in that cross, that you conquered everything. The devil could throw away, you conquered our sin, you conquered our past. In that moment, it is finished. Help someone settle that in their heart. Help them have peace that passes all understanding. If someone's never put their faith in you, God, show them who you are today, we pray. Deliver them. And we just wanna thank you that you're a great God who loves us and cares for us like you do, and that you're still that God who can turn darkness to light, death to life. There's nothing too hard for you. God, that you are, there's nothing impossible with you. 
And I pray your blessings upon these families, these people who are here, each individual. Let your face shine upon them, God. Let your right hand uphold them. Lord, help them to see Jesus high and lifted up, that you continue to help them walk in your ways, that they could be a blessing in this world and declare your glory. Help us all to do that, God, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you all and be blessed this morning. From the Lord this morning through Pastor Remo. You know, perhaps, perhaps you are a Christian and you have become discouraged and disappointed. He said, look to the tree, and that tree is Jesus. But perhaps there may be some of you out there who are with us today who have never asked Jesus Christ into your life. Pastor Remo said, look to the tree, look to Jesus, look to the Lamb. You have to admit that you're a sinner, that you're lost, undone without him. You have to believe in Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, that he died on the cross, was buried, and rose again on the third day, and see, confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Invite him into your life and say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. If you would do that, you can be a Christian. You can be saved from all the disappointment and the discouragement as Pastor Remo preached about this morning. So let's pray if you have invited Jesus into your life. Lord Jesus, those who are inviting you today, Lord, they admit they're a sinner. Lord, they believe in you as the Son of God, and they admit and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord and are asking you to cleanse them of their righteousness for their sin and the righteousness that you give to them. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you've invited Jesus into your life today, call us this week, 601-798-4511. We'd love to pray with you and help you and walk in your new journey with Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us. Be with us again next week.